welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Hey, how are you, everyone? It's Hi, everybody. It's me, Zach. And it's me, Griffin, back with another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Most definitely. And this wonderful day, we've got a, 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 a fantastic cast with you. 21 pilots is here performing. It's going to be Phenomenal. A, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good. We have the we have the king of New Zealand in the audience tonight. I think I tried to start this off as sort of like a, you know, like morning talk show kind of thing, but then sure. I for some reason segued into Saturday Night Live. Um which are very I think it's, I think it's fine though. Oh, okay. They're very diff, very sort of different show setups. <laughs> um and I think that's sort of where I failed as a bit. That's okay. But that's these, okay. these are the moments that you look back on and you go, hey, that was a nice learning opportunity. Well, I mean, so far, this is a pretty trademark intro because, like, let's do a quick rundown. Zach, check. Griffin, check. Pet Shop, check. Weird musical intro, check. And we said hello. Said hello, check. Uh, bit that we start, but then but fizzle we don't, out, like, we not even 30 it. seconds into it. Check. check. We did it. We did it, you guys. As per usual, a poor a poor <laughs> attempt at doing an intro bit that we give up on halfway through. So the way we, we really do work things on here on the fantastic show that you are now listening to. Hi, everybody. It's me, Zach. And it's me, Griffin. Welcome back once again, uh, faithful shoppers and listeners all. We are going to be dipping into another D&D 5e supplement today. But before we get to that, we have everyone's favorite morning show segments. Pet news. We're back with some pet news. Uh, this this episode of pet news comes to us from paw culture, like about like you know like animals have yeah, paws. Yeah, a paw, not yeah. like a paw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, check out our other show, Another Path, for our uh, dad news yes. uh, segments. Uh, but this is some, I found this little article from Paw Culture that is headlined The Weirdest Animal Laws in America. And I thought it'd be fun if I kind of state the law and then, Zach, you try to guess which of the 50 nifty United States that this law is featured in. And I will give you some guidance. I will give you, like, a region. Okay. Um, like, in, you know, West, Midwest, South, etc. Appalachia. Yeah, I'll give you, like, a vague region, and uh, uh, you can try to guess which ones these are from. Red. So let's start we're at gonna the know, top of this We're going to find out how little Zach knows about geography in the United States. That's here. okay. And here's the thing. I'm really just kind of setting you up, because there's nothing really here to, to indicate, indicate what state they're a part of. All right, I'm here <laughs> This for is it. more just a fun guessing game that right, you this. and I, friends, can share in together. If I can get any of these correct i will consider myself a winner all right cool i thought you were about to say if you got any of these correct i would have to i would get like have to do something <laughs> like oh, i lost no, a bet no that wasn't i mean if you that's how we want to play this if i get any of these correct you uh, have to sleep in the displacer beast enclosure for one night one night one night i can do that there we go all right let's get to it First law, this is going to be, uh, this is a West Coast sort of okay. uh, state. Is it, like, actually on the coast? Yes. Oh, fantastic. There's only, like, options. There's, like, three yeah. or four, so. All right. The law is, it is illegal for your dog to bark for more than ten minutes. Oh, man. That sounds like a, like a big Oregon thing, honestly. 
Fuck! Is, what, <laughs> I have to sleep in the displacer piece Was it pad. Oregon? Yeah! It's Oregon! I got it. First one. <laughs> Killing the game. Let's go. This is in uh, Multnomah County, Oregon. Uh, yeah, you're not allowed to have them for uh, a continuous episode lasting for a minimum period of 10 minutes or repeated episodes of intermittent noise lasting for a minimum period of 30 minutes. Gross. Like, like sometimes the bogs... Bogs, Bogs Dark. Bogs Dark. Bogs Dark, everybody. Sometimes... Hey, Bogs Dark here. Welcome to Bogs Dark shop, Shopping Comporium. Uh, shopping Car? See, I fucked it up, too, so now we both have something hey, that we we'll bo- have to we, live with yeah, forever. Yes, that is going to be on the audio waves forever. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> All yes, right, next, next one. one. Uh, this is a sort of Midwestern uh, uh, state okay. of ours. The law is cats are not allowed in public cemeteries. Per the city's code of ordinance, an exception is made for trained service assistance dogs, but for those transgressors, the punishment is unknown. Also unknown, how to tell said cats to stay out of said cemeteries. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what uh, what region did you say? Midwest. Midwest. I'm going to guess Nebraska. Close. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I mean... You were in the ballpark. Nebraska and Wisconsin are different, different sizes of the Dakotas. But but yes, I believe different. I'm thinking of never mind. Yeah, it's Wisconsin. It's weird, old, cheesy Wisconsin. Hey, not uh, I, I, look. Someone who has spent some time in Wisconsin. It's a pretty good. Pre- it's, it's a nice place. They got very good All cheese. Right. I will. I they will attest to it, cheese. especially in curd form. Ooh, doggy. All right, last one. Okay. Um, man, these are both so good. All right, this one's the funniest one. So I'm going to go for it. This is back in the south. All right. Uh, think think deep south. Oh man. Goldfish may not be given away to entice someone to enter a game of bingo. <laughs> per this code of ordinance, no person in this county shall be given away a live animal, fish, or reptile as a prize or as inducement to enter any game, contest, or other competition, etc., etc., etc. You said Deep South. Deep South, where you can't give goldfish away to someone to play bingo with you. I mean, I think I have to go with, with, with like, Louisiana. Ooh, Georgia. Jo- uh, that was what I was going to say first. Those, damn those damned Georgian goldfish. Oh, man, you can't give them away at bingo. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, beans. But you also can't use it as, like... Like in your advertising, I'm guessing, of like, come play bingo with us. You could win a, a goldfish. goldfish. <laughs> so that is our, our, our episode of but up but up but up pet news pet today. News. Anywho. But now let's get into some uh, some episode proper, I think. Yeah, definitely. So the last couple episodes, we've been bringing you uh, 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 pals from multiple uh, outside of Wizards of the Coast uh, uh, D&D supplements. First and foremost, fantastic uh, Tome of Horrors from Frog God Games, which we have some fantastic news for that we'll hit you with at the end of the episode. Uh, we've also done the Tome of Beasts from Cobalt Press, a uh, illustrious, I would say, content creator for 5e. And, but and today, today we're today. diving into a, a real big names work, and that is, of course, Mr. Matt Colville. Himself. Matthew Colville, MCDM Productions, with their Strongholds and Followers 5E supplement mm-hmm. that got kickstarted like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. I want to say. Now, Griffin, you're very uh, ac- uh, very familiar with Strongholds and Followers, are you not? I am. Uh, in our home D&D game, we actually went through a Stronghold build, modifying it slightly because we had a gigantic party. Yeah, you did. But we we built this Stronghold, we brought in some Followers... Uh, and it was a great blast. Yeah, there's a big... Fallon Heart will forever live on in my heart. Yeah, there's a big dick diner. It's great. Anywho. The supplement's great for giving your player characters a home base and forming an attachment with the land and just kind of giving them a base of operations to, you know, center Operate their adventures on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. It's a phenomenal supplement. I'm not... We're not... 100% not sponsored, but like... I love this supplement. It's very good. And Colville has more things coming down yeah, the line. Yeah. Anywho, today we're going to be focusing on... Uh, how, how would you like to phrase it, Griffin? Well, 
there's a thing within the rules and the structure of strongholds and followers where um, part of your stronghold can be a temple mm-hmm. uh, to whatever god or deity or patron or spirit that you kind of give reverence to. And part of owning a temple and part of having a connection to that is you can attempt uh, what is called concordance. But Griffin, deity. what's concordance? Well, well, Zach, I'm so glad you asked. Concordance is the process by which you, a faithful member of your community, petitions your deity, patron, spirit, etc. for a friend, a servitor of some kind to assist you when you need them most. And we'd like to cover some of those examples today in, the, in an episode I'd like to call. And then this is where like the graphic shows up, yeah. like the kind of more you know graphic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there's like the tinkling sound effect. Uh, concordance and you. Aww. That was kind of the end of the Disney thing. I think it works out. TM, 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 TM. I'll cut to the TM, TM, TM. So based on whatever sort of uh, deity you worship or spirit you follow, you can engage in concordance. And if your uh, deity, higher power, what have you, deems you worthy. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean you roll high enough. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. You can be granted a servitor uh, from one of the various, like, creature types. So, fey, undead, even, constructs, elementals, etc. In the book themselves, these four sort of uh, subsections are separated into courts. Uh, So, as the celestials, you have these celestial courts. I believe the fey is what the court of Arcadia Yes. I can't think of what the aberrations ones were called. I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, the court of all flesh. All flesh. And then there's elementals who are... And I'm scrolling as fast as I can. Wait. Uh, uh, the court of... El- oh, a court of elements. <laughs> that was a lot of work for very little payoff. Uh, and there's a handful of these, but we're going to focus on some highlights from uh, each of the some some of the friends that could be sent your way in a time of need, and maybe how best to interface with them. Definitely, yeah, because they're only hanging out with you for a short time, so you got to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You got to know you got to know how to communicate when they arrive and what they're what how they can help you out. Most definitely, most definitely. So why yeah. don't we dive on in? I agree. Just, just go for it. All right. The first uh, friend, first servitor we have coming to us is from the Court of Arcadia. This is where the uh, fae of this fiction of uh, Matthew Colville's wonderful mindscape come from. Uh, these creatures serve as kings and uh, serve the kings and queens of the high elves in the great woad that's covered the world. Val, their god, walked the land with them. Then the war between gods. In the aftermath, Val left the mundane world and took his closest servants with him to their own realm, Arcadia, a paradise of nature, poetry, song, and art. Beautiful. You're making a funny face. Oh, no, like I was like, I felt, oh. I felt, I felt <laughs> empowered. It, it, was a, it was a face of determination. Gotcha. Uh, and the first creature we have here is a personal favorite of mine. It is the noble, the swashbuckling, the daring... Mantis Knight. Aha! <laughs> I play. I had a very good Mantis Knight NPC in in my home game, and I hated um, him. And Zach hated him almost immediately. Yeah, in ca- in in character, I hated him. Helios character. did nothing wrong. He uh, he didn't. He really didn't. Anywho, anyway, a Mantis Knight is. I mean, they look like a bipedal mantis. They've got kind of that green and yellow kind of chitinous exoskeleton, kind of the the, the three pronged f- uh, foot feet, where it's got like the two toes coming out the front and then one directly out the back, yeah, like you know. by your heel. Yeah, you know, like a bug, like a bug. These big antenna coming off the top and all of your normal sort of mantis-like kind of fuzzy frills. Oh yeah, definitely. And the wings—they're a lot uh, uh, thinner than I'd expect. Yeah, they're very lithe, yes. very, very svelte, uh, and wielding two golden rapiers, oh. which is a fun way of saying rapiers. Rapier. Yeah. <laughs> the swashbuckling adventurers of the Arcadians, the Mantis Knights love dueling and drinking and terrible poetry. 
the greatest of them, keep an air of grave dignity about them because they have known battle across the myriad worlds. But most Mantis Knights just want to show up, do something dashing and acrobatic, spit an enemy upon their sword, and then go carousing with the mortals who summoned them. Which is just rad. That just yeah. seems like a good time. That's I, yeah, yeah, it's just a good play. He shows up, he's like, oh, we have to fight some people? Cool. All right, we're done. We're going to have some wine? Cool. All right, I'll see you guys later. Mantis Knights basically are like if you summoned a Renfair swordsman performer. Yes. To assist you. Yes. And then they're like, while I'm here, we might as well go get a turkey leg. Yeah, we, we might as well bro out, um, you know, go uh, test our, our, our metal edge shooting some arrows at a bale right. of hay. And yeah, throw some axes. And just pal out. What's that? There's an elephant ride? I'm here for it. Let's go. What's over there? A mud show? Hell yeah. One of my favorite things about the Strongholds and Followers book is that all of these servitors have a little uh, tactics section mm-hmm. because uh, the servitors will largely follow the player who summoned them's like guidance, but this gives a, a, a GM a really quick glance at like what their instinct is to do, which is really handy, I gotta say. Uh, for the tactics of the Mantis Knight, it says their armor makes them very hard to grapple, and they enjoy showing this off by taunting enemies who rely on grappling. <laughs> they bolster the spirits of their allies with heroism and shield of faith, making mortals almost the equals of an Arcadian. You're welcome! Otherwise, they enjoy dancing around the battlefield, laying into enemies with their twin rapiers. Simple pleasures. So yeah, they're uh, pretty durable, very quick. They have a lot of skills at their disposal. Getting into their stat block a little bit, they are a medium fey creature. Mm-hmm. Their sun beetle armor is perpetually slick, so any attempts to grapple the knight have disadvantage. It's very good. Yeah. All of the fey have, I think, like a... Co- all these different types have, like, common traits. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of the fey servitors have fey ancestry, magic resistance, a, like, command fey ability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they can just kind of jab out with their rapiers, cast heroism and shield of faith at will on their allies, and just generally, overall, be a pretty cool dude, I think. Aw, man. Mantis Yes. A pal for everyone. I think a good thing we could try to come up with for these various servitors is like, almost like, um, let's say that, you know, you summon them in the middle of a fight. Sure, because they're all handy in a fight. Yeah. But, like, what are some other situations that you could... Maybe maybe a Mantis Knight would be a, a good, quick ally to have. Well, I mean, as it says, maybe, like, not a battle, like, as we were previously discussing it, but, like, like a poetry slam or, like, a rap battle. They do love terrible poetry. They do love terrible poetry and, like, dancing and stuff. Yeah. So, like, show, yeah, like what if they're, you know, like a Mantis Knight who's, like, a beat poet? Ooh. Does like spoken word or something and comes out yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. slams people. Everyone, yeah, he, the man tonight's got like a beret on and maybe, <laughs> and, and maybe like a turtleneck. <laughs> That's and, an excellent image. And he's smoking like a cigarette, but it's not just the cigarette, it's like on like one, like the, you know, like the little, like the little stick. The little cigarette holders. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's a lot longer than it needs to be. Some some round tinted spectacles. Oh yeah, they, it's circular, and it, it you know everyone's sort of sitting around. It's a very dark, sort of low lit, smoky club, and everyone's like, someone's playing bongos. Yeah, and you have all the snaps everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's very artsy. And it's just like spring, summer, autumn, winter, four seasons, four foes, and everyone's like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere you cut away to something like he he hits the the man tonight hits a very uh, uh, poignant stanza. We cut away, you see someone in the audience do like a ha and like faints. (laughs) And then you cut away to like the two like really like uh, kind of self absorbed poets who are there and they're nodding along. It's like, no, I really understand what he's saying. Oh, I know exactly what he means there, yeah. (laughs) It's like, but I can't explain it to you because if you don't understand, then like, what are you even doing here? It's so obvious what he's trying to say. Yeah, I shouldn't even have. Are to you he- are you hearing or are you listening? <laughs> My God! Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> uh, <laughs> this would also be good in the sim- in a similar situation if you yourself were attempting like 
uh, an open mic or a slam poetry night and you were really, really either nervous or, or frankly, bad mm-hmm. at this because they love terrible poetry. So the And the Mantis Knight seems like that kind of person. You know how, like, we have friends. I think I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. That whenever we're in an audience... You can always hear that person laughing. Oh, yeah, they're like definitely. The, they're like the plant in the audience. Yes. The Mantis Knight would be great for that. Because if you're sing, saying some terrible poetry, they could just be in the back just going, Yes, I love what you're saying! <laughs> See, I was going to say the other way, where, like, if, you know, like, I was, like, a rapper, okay? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, oftentimes, like... There will be, uh, uh, you know, they have the, the the hype man behind them who knows the the words and knows where they can interject, be, you know, between lines and add like those hype man is very good and add those you like yeah, Zach Rob <laughs> and sort of like just throw those in and sort of like are, are, are pumping the crowd up while you're you know, you're you're oh, doing oh, your Arcadia. thing exactly there yeah that you you've got your mantis knight hype man and you know, if anyone's like boo they've got two rapiers on them. They'll just kill them. They'll just kill them. Or at least for you. challenge them to a duel. Oh, most definitely. Which is but which then, is almost better. I mean, look, if if how much hype around a show would there be like if the the hype man challenges hecklers to a duel on Ugh. stage while the main rapper is still going? Yeah, because then like the hecklers got a nut up or shut up. You do have to, I think, sign a waiver to go to this concert, though. I'm fine with it. Yes, it's like. <laughs> if you heckle, there are chances a mantis person will kill you. If um, you heckle, you better get ready to be reckled. Be re- <laughs> I was going somewhere very similar. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're Irish, to be feckled. To be feckled. Yeah. If you, if you, I mean, I mean, really, it's just the epitome of talk shit get hit. Talk, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's the the, yeah. the 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 talk shit get hit fly, uh, uh, waiver <laughs> that you have to sign. It says that in big bolt in fucking <laughs> size sixty eight impact font at the top. Yeah, well, yeah, it's real. That's real big. It's talk shit get hit and NDA. <laughs> <laughs> but that's in, in, in very small font. If you talk shit, we won't discuss what you said. But if you get hit. You're not allowed to say who hit you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's going to know who hit you. It's going to be the Mantis Knight who's sporting two swords, one for them and one for you. Right. But you can't say it was them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dave, Like, did you get stabbed over the weekend? It's like, I, no, I can't. I can't, I can't talk, talk about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Was, was this at that like poetry show you went to? Like who's 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 at the slam show stabbing people? No, no one. I was. Dave, is someone is someone hurting you? You can talk to me. I I can't though. Um, I signed an NDA. <laughs> I I signed to talk shit, get hit, and NDA's waiver. <laughs> I signed a TSGH NDA. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's very good. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Oh man, I think we can uh, move on from Mantis Knights now. Though Mantis Knights are an excellent uh, Fey servitor, perhaps for any uh, Archfey warlocks, or perhaps a druid or oh, a ranger, a, a fearbulg. Oh yeah, an Aladrin. Yeah, a fucking pixie. Who knows? Who knows? If you have some sort of ties to some sort of fae, you probably would enjoy a cool mantis person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Let's uh, let's scoot on over to our next court. So the next court is uh, of the Court of Elements. The Lady of Brass is a notorious adventurer who often takes her floating castle of fire into other planes to do battle with tyrants. In her absence, she leaves her home plane of quintessence and its Ooh. greatest city, Aloy, in the, or, or Alloy. It might be alloy, since I think it's alloy. It might like, be alloy because elements. elements. Yeah, I, I'm thinking 
Horizon Zero Dawn. Anywho, Alloy in the hands of her personal guard, the Court of Elements. The Court Patrol uh, Alloy, the Burning City, the City of the Four Elements, and enforce (laughs) the Ladies' Law. Beings from across the timescape come to Alloy, and many bring their grudges with them. The Lady has spent eons building Alloy's reputation as a neutral city, open to trade and available for lore masters seeking knowledge not available on their home plane. The Court of Elements enforce this order, ensuring the safety of visitors unless they come seeking conflict. Then you talk shit, get hit. Then you talk shit, get hit. <laughs> Anywho, we will be looking at the Source of Earth. The Source Ooh. of Earth is a pissed off, floating, <laughs> upside down pyramid. It's got a couple faces, sort of. <laughs> In in the in the carvings of the stone, um, it's, made, it's made it's made of big rocks. It's made of big rocks. The sources hover at the crossroads uh, of Alloy, pronouncing the lady's law and reminding citizens of important dates. They can oh, also that's very kind yeah, of them. I know, right? They can also be depended upon to grant aid to newcomers, including help as mundane as directions. The sources of Earth seem most to enjoy helping visitors, and while their pronouncements are booming and melodramatic, they are enthusiastic about their task. <laughs> uh, it, it seems like a like a fun, chatty pyramid, Mount Rushmore. Huh. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. I, I'm... I'm excited to hear that they're like actually super friendly because oh, yeah. just from this little art snippet it just looks like a big big pissed off angry shake yeah no, it, it, like at first when i first like first glance it looks like what happens if you like when you're a kid and you try to shove the triangular block through like the circle <laughs> hole um because like you're you're just a <laughs> shitty little toddler and so it's fine but really that pyramid just like I don't fit through there. I, I don't. I don't go here, homie. <laughs> the sources of Earth act as vigilant sentinels, stoning anyone uh, seen committing a crime or well, yeah. ru- <laughs> or running from a representative of the law. They are the hovering eternal watchmen of Alloy. So I just picture I the thing I just popped into my head is they're floating above, like on a rooftop. And you're just, like, kind of walking down the street. They're on, like, the corner of the rooftop like a fucking gargoyle. And you're, you know, you finish your candy bar. And you don't see, like, a waste bin around right away. <laughs> and so you just kind of go and huck it onto the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, you just get see, bonked in the back of a head. I was a thinking sort of um, reminiscent of um, one of our favorite YouTube videos, The Furious Little Cinnamon Bun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, someone's like... Now everyone shall know and never be able to catch world-renowned thief Chesterfield McCartwright. And then suddenly just a boulder drops on them and just... Very Looney Tunes. Yeah, just... And then then, you you look up and you see the source of Earth. He's like, ah, 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 that's what you get, bitch. (laughs) Get fucked. That and it's also. Did you ever watch Rick and Morty? Nah. Oh well, yeah. There's this one episode where there's this big floating like stone thing that's like, "What you got? Show me what you got." <laughs> I've heard that quote before. I just didn't uh, know it was a Rick but and Morty. Yeah, quote. this is like the fantasy version of it. Uh, let's see. Sure. They have tactics. The source of Earth hovers over the battlefield with only ten feet of movement. It buffs allies with diamond skin and turns enemies Ooh. to stone with back to earth. It uses Wall of Stone to change the shape of the battlefield, protecting allies or dividing enemies. It's mostly a support unit, but it can turn an enemy to stone with a pretty beefy DC. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, they just kind of hover and hang out and assist yeah. no, in they, whatever you kind of need. For real, though. they Yeah, they just float around. They just kind of beef up their pals if they need to. And then, yeah, just drop a bunch of rocks on people. <laughs> Oh man! Ouch! Oh, this is cool. Uh, uh, some of the, uh, it says it has a thing called Foundation of All the World. Allies within sixty feet of the source cannot uh, source cannot be moved against their will or knocked prone. Nice. That's a cool, just like cool passive little feature. Yeah, they've got a stability aura. Yeah, for real though. Oh, but yeah, source of Earth. Outside of a battle, this could be very useful for like. Um, 
Hmm. I mean, like you know, like maybe like at like a summer camp. You know, like the Blob. You ever you ever go on a Blob? Yeah, before? we've we've talked about the Blob on the show before. We, I think we have. Yeah, no, just I, I I come back to the Blob a lot. I, I guess, it's, but Blob's good. Blob's but yeah, you know, have a kid get to the end of the Blob, and then you know this guy just. <laughs> And drops Sends a, you oh. just drop, <laughs> drops a rock on the a, a big a big ass rock on the other side and you just <sighs> I had this very comical cartoonish image in my head of the because it's an upside down pyramid yes and it's hovering ten feet over the blob and the kid gets on the other side of the blob and it wants to launch you. So it turns itself upside, upside down, but then the faces on its on its uh, the the mouths on its face invert to smiles, and then it <laughs> just fucking sends you into the stratosphere. Uh, yeah, like a thwomp. Yeah, it's like a pointy thwomp. It's a pointy thwomp. We yeah. did it. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. The th- are the thwomps the 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 rocks or the thwomps, the thwomps the, are the, the cubes? The, 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 yeah. What are the guys that the, the flat thwomps. dudes? Oh, thwomps and thwomps. Yeah. There we go. Cool. No, it's a it's a pointy thwomp. Yeah. Yeah. And that, now, like, imagine, like, you know, it's a, it's an upside down pyramid. I would say, like, it's probably got a nice point. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's trying to threaten someone, and so, like, it gets someone like they're on the ground, and they're like, no, and this point's just kind of coming closer and closer and closer. Yeah, it's like, it's like when bamboo, like when they get that to grow through people, but the opposite direction. <laughs> It's like that uh, action, it, uh, that inevitable action movie sequence when two uh, f- uh, opponents are grappling over one knife. Oh yes, and you try to like push, like pull the knife away from being pushed uh, into yeah. you. Like in Saving Private uh, Ryan. Yeah, but it's just slow. Instead, it's just a gigantic pyramid slowly inching down toward you. Yeah, and at that point, gravity like you're not gonna be able to beat gravity on this one. It's like, sorry, homie, I think you're gonna get pierced. Do you think sources of Earth come in different shapes? I don't know. Like, I would like to, like, I mean, I kind of want to see, like, a D12 shape. Uh, a, a, a dodecahedron. A dodecahedron. Yes. See, my, my brain went to just, like, a big ball. I mean, a ball would be nice. That would be, if these are the, uh, you know, ter- vigilant sentinels, you know, stoning those who try to run from crimes, they could just serve as you know, Indiana Jones boulders. I was, I was gonna make an, an Indiana <laughs> Jones spoof! But it's the kind of thing where, like, one, only one of the faces is talking, so it's you kind of, like, hear it. Everyone's like, yeah. stop, right? Now I've... or else we'll <laughs> crush you. T- <laughs> All right, now, now I want you to do that, but, like, that you're one of the guards from, like, Skyrim. Oh, man. Um, right, so it's rolling down. It's like, stop, you've com- committed a crime against the High King of Skyrim. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hands to your... S- Elf sneak thief. Does it does it stop whenever its face hits the dirt and just waits yeah, for it to exactly. come back around? Exactly. That's very good. That is the core tenet of this bit. Well, I, I didn't know if it was that or if it was like you like you only hear bits because it's upside down and you, it's still talking while it's rolling. So so parts of it are, are quiet, but. I think that the earthen sphere of law has the wherewithal to. It's got the timing down. Wait and yeah 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 yeah. That's pretty good. I want to see, like, one who just really wants to be in the limelight, so is the star. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's like, look, I know that you guys are down to just sort of float around and tell people what's going on, but, like, I'm going places, okay? I'm going to sing on stage, and I will get the golden buzzer at America's Got Talent, I swear. Meanwhile, the other two faces are just side-eyeing each other. This yeah, they're they're the ones that are on the 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 back of the star, and there's the ones yeah. in the center on the front. Yeah, he's the glory hog. You think there's a face on the top too of, of the pyramid? I don't know, because you've got the three sides. Obviously, do you think there's a face up there? Too? Do you think all the faces feel lonely? I don't know because you, you, like, you never get to look at your brother's faces. Yeah, you're always I mean, like, like it's always like, hey, hey Tim, you back there? It's like yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Okay, just need to double check. It's like, why do you need to double check? We're it's made like, of rock. I never leave you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes I'm insecure and I'm a little nervous. Okay, just, just, just do this for me. Jeez. I understand. I understand. I'm sorry, Tim. You're valid. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I got you. You want to go drop some rocks on people? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> Go drop some rocks on people, enjoy some rock candy, and then drink some mineral oh, water. Rock candy. I had rock candy in ever. In ever. We've, in, in forever. We, it's been a while. We have we have definitely talked about rock candy on this show before. It has I don't come back when. multiple times. Yeah, because like, we never, did an entire bit about the weird sticks with the ball on the end of yeah. it. Yeah. What a weird stick. Anywho. I don't want to elaborate on that bit too much, but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah, source of Earth. Uh, you can find rock candy in places yeah. like uh, Cracker Barrel. And you know what else you can find at Cracker Barrel? This product. Hey. Has this ever happened to you? My husband took our only steed out on his month-long poker retreat, and now I don't have a way to get to the market for fresh produce and cheeses. Now the children will only have bland tubers to eat. How will they grow big and strong while husband is away? What am I supposed to do? Or what about this? There was an evildoer escaping that I was in hasty pursuit of. But despite my God-granted semblance of authority, no one would let me commandeer their horse. I had to chase them on foot, like a peasant! Do you have any idea how foolish I looked? I got mud on my cape. My cape! And the evildoer escaped. Now I have to spend all my hard-earned coins on dry cleaning. Nothing could be worse than this. For eons, humble folk and heroes alike have found themselves in need of a steed. Alas, their geographical locale, or the heavy weight of poverty, makes that need impossible to fill. Well, no longer. Anything and everything can become your new rideable friend with the Annie Mount. The Annie Mount is a lightweight tote bag that folds out into a comfortable, stylish saddle that when placed upon any inanimate object, animates it into a loyal mount that can take you and your belongings anywhere. The saddle carefully analyzes the object, ensuring the magical limbs it grows are in the most efficient and tasteful spots for maximum speed and stability. Just hop on your new faithful steed and tell it where you'd like to go. It's as easy as riding a weird living bike. The Annie Mount's patented planar positioning sigils ensure automated travel and 98.5% arrival accuracy. The Annie Mount device comes in a variety of sizes, from pixies to giants. We've got you saddled. We offer a number of Animount packages for any budget. The Gotta Go system creates sturdy legs for those simple trips to the store. The Hydro Thunder system features additional aquatic adaptations for land and sea. The BFW system sprouts the most glorious of wings for unparalleled aerial freedom. And lastly, the Street Racer system for our more modern customers turns anything you wish into a fresh-to-death hoopty. Visit PetShopCast.com and use the promo code ZachRobIsHandsome to get 25% off your first of many orders. Got some place to be? Any mount, any time. <laughs> oh, what a product. Wow. Thank you, sponsors. Now back to our current programming that you've been listening to this whole time, Concordance and you. Oh, Concordance. Ba, 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 ba. I'm not sure if this is more like an after-school special or like an instructional video from like the 50s. It's, it kind of feels like, you know, like when you're starting a new job, you know, like the really bad, like, welcome to the company oh, video. Yeah, like the onboarding and like e-learning. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm feeling. Shit. Yeah. But anyway... anyway. <laughs> Moving on to our next court, uh, I think probably my second favorite court next to the the Fay one. I think it's yucky. I mean, you're you're right. It's still one of my favorites. Uh, this is the court of all flesh. Uh, these are the uh, aberrations of the strongholds and followers uh, courts, and it's a bunch of. I guess I'll throw a quick body horror content warning on this yeah like we're not gonna get too graphic with it but it's a little unnatural so yeah is aberrations so is aberrations this this discusses this discusses things like you know the melting and sort of reconstruction of body stuff so we're not gonna get too graphic but a, a quick uh body horror content warning i think is fair i think that was very fair and i think i thank you for thinking of it yeah so, with that in mind, as with all things in Primordius, the sea of eternal change, the favor of the Lords of Chaos is quixotic and fluctuates constantly. 
Currently, the six members described here hold the favor of the White King and the Red Queen. But the only constant in Primordius is change. At any moment, the court of all flesh could be rearranged or replaced completely. Warlocks and dark priests of old still consider all these courtiers as newcomers on the stage, and they lament the passing in favor of the unseeing Karasvor and the reflection of Morlu, whoever those fuckers are, whom they consider greater and more powerful than these lesser beings. So these figures within the court of all flesh are like, not like one type of creature I'm gathering, but just sort of figures that exist within this court mm -hmm. that seems like that these titles kind of are just there and whenever a new being kind of shifts and forms together possibly can take their place yeah um but we're going to be talking about uh Korsoth Vastakan Korsoth I'm guessing is a title and then Vastakan is its name I don't fucking know who knows uh, <laughs> these things are all whack let me just get that out of the way first and say these things are all whack uh Vastakan all of these creatures have sort of this dark gray and maybe, like, very dark maroon kind of colored flesh. Yeah. This thing, it's kind of in, like, a kneeling position. Yeah. It's got two legs. And I'm looking at four arms, I think, here. Well, yeah, it's got, it's got the, the normal, like, arm and leg set up. But then it, mm -hmm. I think that the, the, the uh, big thing is the head. It's almost like if you took the body of a Goliath, and then put a halfling with a longbow on its shoulders. Um, but then the halfling became that Goliath's head. Yeah, but they were they were one unit. They yes. were one fused being. Yes. Um, and then paints it all in creepy aberration colors, and then adds some just, like, teeth. Yeah, and got rid of... I think, the... I think this bow has, like, teeth on it. It looks like a spinal column. Oh, God, you're right. Ha! <laughs> I mean, but like, so is like Sylvanas Windrunner or whatever her name is from uh, World of Warcraft. It. Yeah, her 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 bow is made out of a spinal column. So yeah, uh, and it's also got like this thing has, is an archer, and I think instead of a quiver, it just has arrows stuck in its shoulder. Yeah, I was gonna if you didn't, I was gonna bring that up. Is that the 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 head arms uh, quiver is just the lower body shoulder? Yeah. So it's just like there's like a small man sitting on this larger thing's shoulders, but it's the same creature. Ugh, it's real yucky. Yikes. Once a rival to Maladar Dictum, then Duke Va then Duke Vastican. So yeah, Vastican like changed ranks. It seems he got he got he got ranked up. He got, good, I think he got good, ranked, I think he got ranked down. Oh, good. I, I was gonna say good ding Vastican, but I guess not. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know the yeah, I don't know the hierarchy of this court. It says, then Duke Vastican was brought low by a mob of rat catchers. He returned to the Sea of Eternal Change, licked his wounds, and then conferred with the ghosts of forgotten sages, chasing the lore of form killing. Now armed with this ancient knowledge, Vastican has clawed his way back into the king and queen's favor. He is a hunter, a thief, and a master of deceit. His voice is a low whisper, a sneer. He does not like the mundane world, finding it overly suffused with law. Yeah, so aberrations, this, they're really leaning into the sort of chaotic nature of, of these things. Just ever-changing and always and forever. It did mention at the very top, though, that they're not evil. No, they so are simply cool. chaotic. All of these things subscribe to one of the f various alignment parts. Yeah. So, like, the Fey are just chaotic they're not chaotic good chaotic neutral whatever they're just chaotic and these guys are just chaotic as well probably just a different brand different kind of seasoning yeah of chaos the court of all flesh they are described here as being beings of pure chaos because their minds are pure disorder they cannot be driven mad or charmed and any attempts to magically compel their behavior fails they are also immune to any spell or effect that would alter their form Hmm. So you can't polymorph them. No. I, they would just kind of like glorp together and then unglorp. It's like uh, like golems when they have the immutable form. Yeah. Or hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The form killing thing that was mentioned in the flavor text yeah. is an actual ability that this thing has. So it has a bow and it has a sword. It mostly uses the bow. 
It says here, if Vastican hits a target with three arrows in one round, the target must make a constitution saving throw or lose its native form. Roll on the reincarnation table to determine the target's new form. The target reverts to its original form after an hour, and then there's a delightful delightful little footnote right there that says, or does it? Oh, does it really? Oh, snap. So it could shoot you with three arrows and turn you, Zach Rob, into, like, a gnome. I mean, that might be fun. <laughs> I'd be able to fit in cars. That's fair. Or would you just be, but would you, sticking a pin in this real quick, if you got turned into a gnome, would your height ratio remain the same? Would you just be a very tall gnome, and therefore gnomish things are still, like, slightly inaccessible for you? I don't know. I don't. You would just be a tall, gangly gnome, and so on gnome well, airplanes, or, or, or you still a, wouldn't have, like, enough legroom? Yeah, since I'm, you know, in, in, I, I would say one of the top sort of percentiles for height, for for mm-hmm. a human male, uh, yeah. would I just be a very tall gnome? Like, what That's is what considered yeah. tall for a gnome? Like, what I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, like, in, in the human realm, I would be fine, I think. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway. Uh, under under Vastican's tactics, it says that uh, it takes a lot to trigger Form Killer. Vastican must hit a target three times out of four, and the target has to fail a Constitution saving throw. But if they fail, the results are interesting. According to this is, I love Colville's voice in these sections. Like his voice really shines through because this is what it says. According to the rules, the change only lasts one hour. According to the rules. According to these rules, I made up. I mean, all rules are made up, aren't they? How long would Form Killer last if you made the rules? It's your game. I love that. For extra spice, considering using the original 1970s reincarnation rules. 2% chance of turning into a raccoon. 4% chance of turning into a hawk. 3% chance you're a badger. That's very good. That's very good. So yeah, Vastican is whack as all hell. <laughs> More dexterous than strong... Again, a lot of skills that these things have. Resistance to psychic damage, immunities to charm, and petrification. Dark vision, etc. And a big, mean longbow. And and two bigger arms to swing a sword around if he needs to. Gross. I really want to throw this at players. <laughs> it's very good. That's why, I, that's I, why I, I love this. I want to do it so bad. It's the same flavor of chaos as, like, wild magic stuff. What are, it's just like, what can happen? All right, all right, folks at home, you're going to see a, 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 a... I was going to say live, but it's not live. But you're going to see it on, on recording. What are the odds here? You see, oh. see, Griffin and I lately have been run, have been doing this D&D camp oh, uh, uh, during the days. So, Griffin, what are the odds that you throw these this at your players this week? Um, I'll give you a solid one and three. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. All right, so three... Two, one, two. Three. Fuck. Ooh. Beans. Okay. I'll still consider it, though, because these okay. things are dope. It's very, it's very good. Anywho. Yeah. The aberrations, like all the aberrations in this list have some sort of weird, chaotic power that they can do. Um, but the form killing is is our good friend Vastikans here. Now, I don't really know what sort of, like, civil use these things would have, this thing would have. Like... If you were just walking down the street with Corsoth Vastican at your side, I don't really know. Like, you'd probably get arrested. Yeah. Now, here's here's something that I'm I'm interested in seeing your take on. Mm. So, if you look at the actions, you know, part of the stack block, the multi attack it says it only makes four longbow attacks. It doesn't say anything about the short sword. Yeah. So, what is it about those top arms that are so much faster <laughs> that it can fire eight uh, fire four bow shots? Before it can swing the sword once. Well, I'll give you two answers. One is my mechanics as from a writing perspective answer, and one is the fun answer. All right, give me both. Uh, the whole kind of core of this thing is the form killer ability, I think, and that is centered around the longbow. So I think the restricting the sword usage makes it so that the, in, the, the reflex is to have this thing fall back on its longbow so that it can prompt the form killer thing. And the short sword's just there in case of emergencies, um, okay. right? But the fun answer is I think that that lower half is just like, like he, he doesn't work out with those arms. Uh. 
Like we talk like like longbows are dexterity based weapons, sure, but have you ever tried to pull like full draw on like an English longbow? A longbow? It is, it is absurd. Like yeah. archers were ripped. Yeah. Their shoulder muscles were just jacked. Well, and that... so those little spindly arms are just like flinging arrows all the time. He doesn't use the sword. Well, yeah, I guess here's, uh, it, it also is if the if this thing is right handed, it does have a shit ton of, sho- uh, of arrows just shoved into his shoulder. Oh, that's a very good point. Is that it's just so? Like, ah, 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 okay, I did it. I don't want to swing it again. <laughs> I'll wait until next round. <laughs> That's a much better answer. I like that a lot more. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Alright, oh. for a fun game, I'm gonna see if I can find this 1970s D&D reen- reincarnation Oh, table. please do. And we're gonna roll to see what we get turned into. Okay, I've got it. Do you have a D100 on hand? Um, I can in but a moment. Alright. So... So let's say that Zach, you and I are um, we're participating in a uh, we're we're playing some archery soft, right? We're playing like the the time has finally come. We get those cool padded arrows, yeah. And we're out with our buddies, and we're playing some archery soft. But then, like Ryan Halfhill summons Vastacan to his side, and Vastacan's got a real bow. But like he's still got an archery soft bow, but the effect is still there. Gotcha. And we get hit three times. What do you get turned into? All right, so let's roll this bad boy. That is a 49. You get turned into a halfling. Classic. <laughs> so I go so from, Zach, Zach, sh- from Zach Rob height to halfling but, short. But you're a tall-ass halfling, so you're like four feet tall. Yeah, you know. It's very uncomfortable sort of halfling proportions. <laughs> let's see what I get turned into. Ryan Halfhill's very good friend hits me with three arrows. I get turned into... <gasps> oh, my dreams were just dashed against the rocks for a second. I thought I turned into a hawk, but no. What, I that? get turned into a gnome. <laughs> no! But hey, we're short pals together. Yeah, tiny folk. I rolled a 46. 47 to 48 is hawk. Oh boy! And I was about to be so excited. I'd have my wings again. Oh, that's very. I'm sorry, buddy. But hey, you're a gnome. But hey, gnomes—they're good. They're notoriously good uh, uh, tinkerers. So, like, maybe you can make yourself some wings. Yeah, I can finally figure out how to make a new computer. Yeah, yeah. That that are that are wings for yourself. Technome. Technome. Techno gnome. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So that's, I think, going to wrap up uh, Mr. Vastican. Thank you, Mr. Vastican. Please oh, yeah. don't shoot oh, us yeah. on our way out the door. All right. Bye. So, bye. And lastly, we're going to focus on the Celestial Court. The Dafa Planetars and Solars are beings beyond the kin of most mortal worshippers. For mortals worthy of aid, for those who pledge their life to defending the helpless and opposing evil, the gods of good and righteousness send lesser servants, the Celestial Court. The home realm of Celestial Court is unknown in this day. If the ancient empires knew of it, that knowledge has not yet been rediscovered. Modern sages believe each member of the court exists as a thought in the minds of the gods and of goodness and righteousness, and when summoned, they are created. In some sense, it is known that the court of paradise, or court of heaven, as they are sometimes called, serve all the worthy gods. These creatures may have no home plane, unlike uh, the other servitors. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Today we are going to be focusing on uh, one such celestial known as authority. Authority. Respect my authority. All of the art in this book is boss, by oh, the way. But I think good. the celestials have some of the most boss art. Yeah, this uh, the authority. Like, if you're a big fan of Digimon, looks like I, be- oh I believe when um, when Andromon turns into Seraphimon and like gets like six wings, but he's just sort of encased in fire. Did you look up yeah. 
Yeah, it looks just cl- it, it, it looks just like Seraphimon, right? It looks it's a fairly Seraphimon esque figure. Yeah, he yeah very uh uh sort of I mean I don't know because it's sort of a shadowy drawing, but uh full suit of armor, a long flaming blade, looks like six six wings of burning halo above its head, and a large uh-huh. helmet that you can't see its features. Authority, pretty much what you'd expect from an angelic being called an authority. It is the <laughs> it is the knight of the celestial court. What paladins would look like when they grew up would like to be when they grew uh, up. Oh, uh, yes, what paladins would like to be when they grow up. <laughs> the authority arrives in our plane in heavy armor, armed with the bright sword, and looking oh. for evil to smash. It is responsible for maintaining celestial order, and while it's still uh, absolutely committed to smashing evil, it tends to smash chaotic evil a little more <laughs> than other evils. I like that this elegance, uh, uh, radiant figure is being described as smashing evil. Yeah, smashing evil. It, sh- it, it looks like this, but it talks like a dude, bro. It's like, oh, y'all ready to smash some evil? Yeah! Got my bright sword! It's tactics. Well, it finds the biggest, most evil thing and bashes the hell out of it. Perhaps literally with the bright sword. (laughs) This thing does 3d6 plus 4d8 plus 4 damage to evil creatures, which is like 32 damage on average. And it can do this three times per turn. And it has wings and a fly speed of 40 speed, so it can get where it needs to, uh, needs to, to do what it must. Oh my god. This thing is intense. Yeah, okay, Authority, I see you. It knows all languages and has, a t- has telepathy as of 60 feet. It's resistant to radiant, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage for non-magical attacks. It's immune to necrotic and poison. It's immune to being charmed, exhausted, frightened, poisoned. Uh, it has true sight. The, it and, has, can I just say, Yeah. pretty sexy. Oh, it's pretty hot. Look at that bad boy. <laughs> The authority has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects from evil creatures and sources, and it has an aura of protection against evil, so you know that's nice. <laughs> and it's just a like it's just a big bad boy. It's just a big I think this is like maybe the only time I could say this about like an angel or cuz like, you know, celestial figures are often pretty like righteous and like, like unicorns are celestial creatures and, yeah. and things like that. They're all very noble and, and so forth. But can I just say, I think this angel fucks. This angel definitely fucks. I think this angel fucks. Well, that's the thing. Fucks. Like, I'm imagining in my mind, just because I love my dear former character so bad, that if he takes off this tall helmet of his, it will just be one Vascal Mordoon, the, the best, oh. best half-orc paladin there's ever been, ascended to some sort of cool angelic uh, thing because you know that Vascal fucks and this thing fucks so it's like That's why true. not Vascal was a paladin who fucked oh he fucked real bad um, or, or real good <laughs> or real good I'm not sure what you want more in that like to be so described fu- to fuck as. real bad or fuck real good yeah, like, oh, he fucks real bad <laughs> I don't know man I guess it's a context thing <laughs> but anywho like this is a weird sentence but like, yeah. I'd love to go play just like a casual sport with this dude. Like, imagine, oh, like, yeah. imagine like bowling with this guy, <laughs> or like ping pong. Yeah, like like sitting like you know he sits there like he's got like his bowl up. He's you know, facing mm-hmm. the lane. He's like, imagine the chaotic evil I I strike down on a regular basis and goes Pins, sprinting. I smite thee. And and as he releases the bowling ball, it like ignites in flame. Lights and it doesn't fire. even it doesn't even touch the lane. <laughs> it just makes it all the way down <laughs> and just crap like it breaks everything, puts a hole through the back wall. I was gonna say, authority is either like the guy who takes casual sports way too seriously, or is like the workaholic who's just excited to like have a day off. Oh, like the like when he lets loose, does he let loose like hard? Like it's a work hard, play hard. Oh, kind of thing. Like it sounds like he might be a work hard, play hard type. Like comes into the bowling alley already buzzed. Oh has yeah, a visor on. Brings his own bowling shirt, shoes, and ball. Yeah, like is is ready to go. It it, it happens to have like like the back has a big flaming halo on it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, it hit the 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 like little patch with his like name tag on it just says off. 
Just A U S T H. Off. But they know. That or that or Thor. You know. Thor. Oh, that's a good short. Like, it's like that, that's his nickname. That's yeah, what like, you can so call Thor. him that on the on the weekends. Yeah. He's like he's like, hey, look, buddy, we're off the clock. It's Thor. Call me Thor. <laughs> call me call me Itty. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Itty. Uh, uh, let's lose. I, has he's the type of who just holds a whole pitcher of beer. Yeah, it's like he yeah. buys the pitcher and brings it over the table. It's like, oh, it's so kind of you. What he's you like, mean? what? This is for plug. me. Yeah, and, and like has this you know, mug style. His hand like under the the handle, and, and just is palming the whole pitcher. Yeah, no, what a champ! I'm here. I stand Thor right now. <laughs> I'm picturing like. The weird, the weird happenings that resulted in like a child being able to summon authority to their side, mm-hmm. and like they think it's just an imaginary friend, but the parents are very aware of this burning crusader in their home, and so the kid uses this to like accidentally intimidate their parents into doing shit. It's like, yeah. can I please have a TV in my room? And it's like, no, son. Like you, and then they just look up and see this angel arms crossed. Burning halo, just staring them down. Yeah, that or it's like it's like, but but Thor really wants one, and it's like, oh well, if it's for Thor, I guess okay. <laughs> <laughs> the parents thought they were talking about the the kid was talking about the superhero, but then yeah. like this burning crusader, but then of an they, angel showed up in yeah. their home. Then they met Thor. Yeah, and they met authority, authority, and you do. Respect your son's authority. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh man, what? A... So, yeah, authority would be great for any sort of yeah paladins, clerics, any of those people with holy bends. Maybe just like a really good fighter. Oh yeah. Oh man. I mean, like a good fighter, not like a good fighter. A good. I mean, both. You you want your you want your good yeah. fighters to be good fighters, like typically, yeah, yeah. Because when you have a good fighter who's an evil fighter, or. If I'm maintaining order of operations, an evil fighter who's, who's a good, a good fighter. fighter. Yeah. 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 Because you can have an evil fighter who's a meh fighter. Yeah. You can, a you can also have a fighter who's a... Yeah. Yeah. Who's a meh yeah. fighter and... Yeah. Who's a good fighter. We've been saying a lot of yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, authority's a rat. Um, yeah. Definitely. That's all I've got on on the bad boy. Uh, Thor, I'm, is, I'm Thor, cool with Thor, that. Thor's a champ. Thor fucks. He, he lets <laughs> he, he let he lets his hair down on the weekends, um, and I'm here for him. We stand <laughs> Thor. Um, I I so badly want to make the name of this episode simply Thor fucks and just see what kind of response we get to it, but I don't think Mr. Greenlee will let us do that. Yeah, I don't think we should either. Well, folks. I think that's an episode. I think so. Um, as we uh, teased so. at the beginning, we do have a, a bit of uh, some cool news uh, yes. before we go. Uh, our next episode, the episode that will be released on the... Wait, 19th. The 19th. Yes, on the 19th. The episode that will be released on the 19th. We will be having a very special guest. Um, like Indeed. we said, two, two, uh, two episodes prior to this episode, we uh, did a, a bit of a... Uh, a, a trip through uh, uh, Frog God Games' Tome of Horrors, and uh, they reached out to us. Yeah. We are going to be having uh, one of uh, an author for some previous Frog God works, as well as an author for an upcoming Kickstarter of theirs. Uh, Thomas Naus is going to be on the show with us next week, or two weeks from now. Yeah, uh, just sort of uh, getting get a little bit of a sneak peek, I, I believe, of what they will be kickstarting. So yeah. uh don't want to reveal too yeah, much. Yeah, of course not, of course not. Um <laughs> I'm I'm excited for it. I'm pretty sure Griffin's excited for us. I think uh, uh yeah. us here at the pet shop and all of Ghostlight are really hyped about it. Um so make sure to check out that episode. Tell your friends. And uh as per usual, hit us up on fa uh, uh, almost at Facebook. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter if uh you have any questions about creatures, anything you would uh, uh, like to inquire about that maybe you're thinking of for you and your family, a uh, possible uh, uh, companion for a D&D character, anything along those lines, let us know at patchupcast on Twitter. Yeah. Also, uh, please, if you enjoy the content that we make, uh, check out the other shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. Things like Another Path, an actual play D&D show. Things like Imprinted Echoes, a Numenera actual play show. We got a lot of shows. You should go check them out, is Most what I'm trying to say here. Definitely. And if you love them all, maybe consider donating to our Patreon. At patreon.com slash Ghostlight Media, because... 
Every dollar helps us create more and more content. So yeah, if you'll remember, the faithful listeners out there will remember that uh, Pet Shop was spawned via Patreon. Yes, it was. Like a, we got it, enough. We got enough backing to start a second show. Twas our and, twas a goal, and now we're here, and we just and now a, look how far we've come. We uh, well, we're at five shows now. Five shows. five shows. That's a lot of shows. Anywho. Uh, Anywho, thanks again for stopping by. We hope to see you coming through our shop door again. Uh, but as for usual, I'm Zach. I'm Griffin. And just remember, everybody, the end of the day. Why, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love, baby. Farewell. Thank you all for listening to episode 45 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons, Tyler, Joel, and Brayden for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, be excellent to each other. And I, I've almost certainly done this bit before, but hey, it's like good like life advice in general, I think. So, you know do it okay bye this has been a ghost light media production